guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer As Folk. We are, so we are doing a very raw and uncut uh, season three recap tonight because <laughs> I have already had a Moscow Mule and a very dirty martini, my filthy. very first filthy martini. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> I had to do, had to do a little song. martini I've ever had. And uh, Ken is also two martinis in, so. Yes. <laughs> Feeling good over here, guys. Yeah. Feeling good, okay? I was supposed to come up with an outline, but yeah, that did not happen because, Mm-mm. yeah. Blame me. And the Tito's. <laughs> okay, and the Tito's. Well, yeah, in my job, because I've been begging Ken to buy me a sugar daddy so I can just quit working. But, but look, I don't want to have to do it. I don't want to have to clean the house and cook. I can do all those things, but I don't want to have to. What's the point of having a sugar daddy if I've got to do all that stuff? That, so. Girl, because if you're doing all that, that's more like a sweet <laughs> low daddy, a splendor <laughs> daddy, okay? Like, yeah, I don't want no diet daddy. Yeah, no, baby, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little stevia, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh-uh, we yeah. want the full-on sugar. Sugar in the raw, actually, okay? <laughs> well, I love sugar. Though. Okay, yeah. that's what I want. Okay, mm. so what I want us to do is somehow stumble our way through talking about some of the things that happened in season three. And maybe using a reference back to some of the stuff from season one and two, but I just feel like this season was so important and so major in so many ways. Like all of them are important and they all lead up to things, but, and we see a lot of growth in our, in our characters, but this one would just felt very different yeah. for me. I think it, it, it almost seemed like it got very serious and very mature this season. And so. No, those are exact words to describe it. It was very serious, very mature. I mean, the subjects that they was touching on, it wasn't the lighthearted little campy stuff. It was true subjects, um, true raw emotion. And we dealt with it for, I mean, true, you know, they had to consolidate in the 13, 14 episodes, but I thought we we truly dealt with some stuff for a while. No, I really feel like this was real life. Yeah, like like it wasn't just a quick mention of something like we had to walk through some very tough things and very, you know, hard yards we had to go through in the season. I mean, jumping fast forward, like, just the whole election prospect of this. Right. I really feel like we were going through a damn election. Like, I don't think we go register <laughs> the vote. Yeah, I know. Like, shit, Debbie had me convinced that I need to I go know. out to the polls. Like, okay? Oh my gosh, I forgot to vote. Yeah, Lord. I'm not going to give you lemon bars. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, but it, but also, there were some, some other good, joyful moments in this season as well. And so, Hopefully, we'll just get to have this very informal conversation about a lot of stuff that happened with season three. Well, I mean, just to kick things off, though, I mean, they opened up with a punch, okay? I know. Like, literally (laughs) the punch. I forgot that that was episode one when Brian socked the hell out of Michael, you know? Like, I feel like he deserved every finger. Uh, that I mean, punch. Okay. Yeah, that deserved to sting. And like, y'all already know we, we talk a lot of violence, but we don't want y'all to go get yeah, violence. No, no, no. <laughs> we choose violence in, on the podcast, yeah, not in real life. We choose it virtually, but not physically and in real life. Exactly. But yeah, no, that was totally deserved. And really, like, Michael, you kind of had this coming since season one. True. You never stay in your own business. You right. know, you always want to jump into Brian's business. I know that's your best friend, and you think you have the best interest for him. But clearly, I mean, this is something that was touchy to him. And you weren't adding anything. You were adding fuel to the fire. You weren't right. adding any type of helpfulness at all. So, I mean, step and back. It was just so, it's such a nasty thing to say about Justin, but also such an insensitive thing to say to Brian, to your best friend. And I know we talked about it a lot, but I'm still not over it. Because it was just so wrong and inappropriate and uncalled for. 
And I am not at all surprised that Brian behaved the way that he behaved. No, it needed to be. I mean, I think that was the appropriate reaction and response. And they got him together real quick. Yeah. I mean, literally, it got him together really quickly. Yeah. You um, saw how deep Brian's feelings were for Justin. And I'm like, that's what it took for you to get it. But OK, yeah, sure. But yeah, he saw that and it was like, oh, OK, maybe I should you know, take some responsibility for the words that I say. I still wish that some of the friends and family would have been like, hey, what prompted you to do that, Brian? Girl, but, I was just thinking about that right now. They immediately turned like, you monster, right. get out of here. Like, I mean, they went crazy. Yeah. Why did y'all ask, why did no one ask what led up to that? Yeah. Because clearly Brian has never been physical, you know, Michael, with no. Michael. So why wouldn't the next question be like, what happened? Hey, what's going on? You, you guys are best friends. Like, what, what, what did I miss? Like, yeah. but none of that, it was immediately like, get out of here. You know, you are you abusive. You're the monster. Debbie, if you don't sit your ass down because your son is a problem, okay? Yes, been the problem. Yes. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah, so that was very, that was very frustrating. But I, I loved how they did start it right there because we ended season two with Justin leaving off for, for with Ethan. And we see kind of where Brian is and how the other family, you know, are they taking sides? Whose side are they taking? Who are they believing? And that kind of thing. And then, of course, you know, Michael is doing what we thought he would do, but also taking it one step further in his mind defending his friend but it's just like that ain't the way to go about it mm-hmm. yeah but speaking of a different friendship in this at this point in the season we get some uh ted and emmett action yo and i remember you trying to pull the wool over my eyes because i could <laughs> i could feel it i could sense something i was like they're gonna be together i can't remember exactly what i said but i was like yeah i can feel it i feel them being together and I remember you was like, uh, 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 something like, you tried to really trick me. I did. But, you know, okay, so I know we've talked about it. People have issues with this coupling, with, with this pair. But it seems like if two gay guys are friends, at some point, somebody's going to ask them, are y'all dating? Why aren't you dating? Or at least have y'all hooked up before? Right. And so I do think this show had to explore that possibility of friends becoming more than friends because that is such a real thing that happens in the gay community. True. It's not like they had to explore it. I'm glad that they actually did explore it because like you said, when you're really close to someone like that, I mean, you develop some type of feeling. Sometimes it can turn into a romantic. Sometimes it's just going to say platonic, but you do develop you know, those feelings. So I'm glad they actually went down that, that road because I don't see Ted ever getting his own story arc with him <laughs> finding true love. I mean, every time they tried to put him with somebody, it was never, it wasn't a good look. Well, so. that's because we all know this. If you're not content with yourself, if you don't love yourself, it's going to be very hard for you to love, truly love somebody else. What Ruth say? <laughs> uh, if you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Yeah, that's what Ruth said. Yeah, that's what Ruth yeah. said. But anyway, so yeah, we had to get that. We had to explore that through some of these characters. And it wasn't going to happen, at least not until not at this point, with Brian and Michael. And so it made the most sense, I think, for it to happen with Ted and Emmett. And also, they've been there for each other for years. They've supported each other for years. They've loved each other for years. And so it's like, okay, let's look at this love from a different angle. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done it from a platonic angle. Let's look at it from a different angle. And so I do think it made sense. Right. And different personalities. I don't feel like they had extremely, like... um strong, strong person. Like, to be with Brian, you got to be an extremely strong person or he's already a strong personality himself. Um, Michael may come off as being passive, but I feel like he's, it'll be maybe a little difficult to be with him in a relationship yeah. where we get, I get very easygoing vibes when it comes to Emmett. And then I just get Ted wants to be in love. So he's a go with the flow. So I think it was a very easy storyline to even put together to, to fill it out. 
um, what am I looking for? I think it'd be a good storyline. It was it was an easy and breezy storyline. It was something that could form natural uh, yeah. with those two characters. Yeah. Something else that I remember that you liked from these early episodes was, it sounds masochistic or it sounds bad, but you really liked seeing Brian suffer, like, or not suffer, but well, you yeah. liked seeing him. I liked seeing him hurting a little bit. because him it, having to really deal with the breakup. Yeah, because it brought out that he was a real human and that, you know, he experiences pain and he goes through hurt because he hides it so well. Um, him, like he's always great. Like I'm fantastic. I'm, I'm golden. Like, I don't ever want any harm to come to him, but right. I wanted to see, like, I wanted you to show emotion that you actually did care for Justin because outside looking in after watching the show for a while, clearly, yes, yeah, clearly we know, you do, you, we know you care just, for him, yeah. but does he even know it? Like Justin was questioning, like, right. like well, and even the times where Brian would go out of his way and be like, no, nah, I don't care that deeply. <laughs> like, or no, nah, I don't care. Like, right. he was still doing that in season, definitely did it in season one. And he was doing it in season two as well. And so, yeah. Well, and I think it's that thing, you don't know what you got until it's gone. Yeah. And yeah. so it was really, I really love that they let us see that with Brian because he could become this robotic, insensitive character, but they are constantly reminding us that he is made of flesh and bone like the rest of us. And he has feelings. And, and it, it needed to be shown. For Justin. And that needed to be shown because I was convinced that he was this robot that had no feelings. <laughs> you know, that was literally just going around fucking up all the Liberty Avenue. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that we saw him struggle with this breakup, we saw him in a depression and and using um, drugs to cope. I mean, although I I don't like to see him using drugs to cope, but to see that happen, it was like, it made me have this newfound love for him because every episode I was ripping Brian ass up, you know? (laughs) Like, oh, I can't stand this man. Oh, this man is so conceited. Oh, Mm -hmm. but to see him hurt, it was like, oh, my heart. And it it made me love him, you know? So- I really think that that is a sign of growth when you let yourself truly feel your emotions. Now, true, he didn't have the most healthy coping mechanisms. He never has. And he was never taught very healthy coping mechanisms. So I shouldn't have expected anything different or better. But I think that is a sign of growing when you can say, I'm hurt by this. And even even if Brian doesn't use that vocabulary, everything about the way that he was in these first you couple saw episodes, it. you mm-hmm. saw that he was hurt. He truly let himself feel that. And so- even that, I feel like that's part of him growing. And, you know, I feel like it was very necessary for him mm-hmm. to, go, to go through that, through that growth. Well, I'm glad they showed it because I was at the point where I was giving up on him. But then yeah. to see him go through those struggles, I mean, it just opened my heart up for him. And I wanted nothing but love for him. I wanted nothing for him to be better, you know, and just for him just to go and get his man. Because I <laughs> yeah. feel like he still, he could have, he could have easily just got him. Like, just tell him what he wanted to hear, you know, or show him what he wanted you to show him. And um, in the way that he wanted it to be seen, although you was giving it to him in the way you knew how to give it. But I mean, yeah, make that extra effort. Right. Yeah. He kind of laid it out how he wanted it to look. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that um, I did not necessarily love, but but does fit with the characters is the kind of regression that we saw with Brian and Michael when now Michael's tagging along with Brian again. Mm -hmm. It's Brian and Mikey show again. And I didn't particularly love having to revisit those. You know, I can't stand (laughs) it. I can't stand when they're kissing. I can't stand how Michael is always a tag along. Like, bro. And Brian manipulate. Like that that scene when they go to that little sex party. Yeah. That really upset me. Oh, it upset me too. Because if you really wanted to get your ass out the car, you would have got out the car. If you really wanted to use the phone, you would have used the phone. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, stop playing with me. Okay. There's taxis everywhere. You are in the city. 
stop playing with me. Yeah, so, so that is another. He thing. wouldn't let me. He wouldn't let me out. He get me out <laughs> at three in the morning. Yeah, stop whining, bro. But yeah, and but I am proud of Ben. Who at at first Ben was like, okay, I get it. Your friend is struggling, but then after a while, Ben started to be like, like this is a problem. Yeah, putting his foot down. Yeah, like okay, I need to move out. This yeah, because I thought I was moving in so we could spend some time together, but we're not spending any time. You're always out and about. Yeah. So. Uh, another thing going on early in this season is uh, Melanie and Lindsay have decided they want to have another baby. Well, really, Melanie decided yeah, that say, they are girl, going to have another baby. Because there was no conversation and on that. And they're talking to Brian about being the uh, the donor for the second child. And the decision is made that it's going to be Michael after a while. So that's kind of something that's going on in the in the background with them. So, But I will say, I appreciate it seeing these are the kind of conversations that that happen in non-conventional families right um and i'm sorry if non-conventional is not the right word non-traditional i'm not sure i'll have to look up the right word but uh i like that they showed that right because that's important because it is a different conversation where it's okay we do have to pull in if it's two women we do have to have a donor who's that going to be how are we going to make that decision what things are important to us when we're looking for a donor and so I really like when it comes how they showed us the conversations that happen with alternative families and how there are different things that they have to consider, especially back in 2000, early 2000, mm-hmm. as opposed to now when some progress has been made, but there's still a lot more to go, of course. But it is a totally different thing. Okay, we have to have this kind of form, this kind of paperwork, this kind of. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm really grateful for that. So this is the martinis talking, but speaking of sperm, uh, <laughs> Debbie and Carl are, uh, <laughs> take, are they are moving things to the next level in their relationship. <laughs> Girl, I don't ever want that image. I don't want that imagery. I don't want it. Don't think about it too long. No, but we know it's happening but, uh, because because Emmett got young Deborah <laughs> together. Okay, yes, Emmett. Yes, so damn good that um that Carl was questioning young yeah. Deborah. Okay. She was out there selling on the street because uh-huh. she was so good at it. Said yeah. she was out there bussing, bussing, okay? <laughs> Bus. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so we've got all this stuff going on. But also, uh, we have to deal with Ben and the death of his former partner. That's something that we get in this. Because we saw him, remember, my, they passed They were walking. The uh-huh. And then turns out he does pass away and he is the one who passed it on to Ben. So then that kind of sparks his whole arc with Ben trying to trying to better himself or stay healthy yeah, or slow the process really dealing with his grief and his fear in a very interesting and weird and unhealthy mm-hmm. way but I but I do again that's another one of those stories that was very hard that was a very hard art to watch the whole steroid thing but it was so appropriate because it's telling the truth, uh, you know. And I learned something from this episode. I had no idea that people was using steroids to cope with HIV AIDS complications. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I had no idea, nothing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I learned from watching this show that back in the late '90s, early 2000s, that was something that was used for them. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, so ooh. yeah, I learned it too. I didn't, I didn't know that either. Yeah, and I think that's something that you always have to keep in mind when you're watching this show. Like, it's very important to remember that the writing team was made up of gay or queer identifying mm-hmm. men for the most part, and um, they're writing about personal experiences or experiences for, experiences uh, from friends in their community. And so these arcs and these storylines are all coming. These are things they pulled straight from their lives or the lives of their lesbian friends or the lives of people around them. 
And I was told that straight from one of the right. writers. So I know that that's true. So a lot of what they tell, it's not just like, ooh, what shocking thing can we throw out now? Like, these are real stories. That mm-hmm. they're so they knew that this is how some people tried to right. cope with, you know, their status or to, to fight off wasting or whatever. I mean, I know it was a sad um, arc to watch Ben go through that. But at the same time, I enjoyed it because... It made Michael step up and have backbone. It did. Um, it made him step up and let Ben know, like, hey, I'm here for you. I do whatever we need to do, but I'm not gonna sit here and watch you do this shit, you know? Yeah. So because I feel like we never saw Michael with any backbone. He was always a little puppet, a little follow-along, mm-hmm. a little tag along. And um, this one made him stand up for something and fight for something that he wanted. Yeah, and it showed us a different layer of Ben too, because mm-hmm. Ben could look like this, it could look like he's written in this way where oh, he's all perfect. So uh, some other kind of tough stuff that we deal with that's also a little anger-inducing is we meet more of the Kennys, and it is uh, Brian's nephew. I hated this little boy. Yeah. And I know hate is a, is a very strong, very horrible strong word. word. But man, some people deserve it. <laughs> I couldn't say. You know, not only do I hate the little boy, I hated the mama. I, I hated the, the grandmama. Yes, I hate the way that he's being raised. Yes. And nobody in his life is correcting him. No one. Even, even if he's going to be who he is, but they could at least say, that is not something that you say no. to people. Girl, this is a child. Yeah. You do not talk to a dog. I don't care if you disagree with everything I have to I say. Everything out of his mouth was ugly and nasty. Ugly and nasty. And you're a thief. Yeah. And now when you're a thief, you're a liar too. Girl, I hate it. This little boy. <laughs> I feel like we should have been able to press charges on his little ass. I don't want any more of bikinis. No. No, no more of, of Joan and uh, the player. Facts. And, no, no more bikinis. Yeah, I was in the shower today and I was, and I, and I didn't even know like what we were going to do. Like this is just like on the top of the head. So I had right. no idea. But I was in the shower today and I was thinking about how Brian has to feel really shitty. No, not, not me. His mom has to make him feel real shitty because the fact that he was already having sex with the pastor right. and then she told him to go to church and then he went to church with her and found out the pastor was the one he just got through knocking off. Right. But she treating him with excellent because she don't even know. Like, I was thinking like, damn, like, yeah. that has to be a shitty spot for Brian. Right. And you know I think, saying? you know, and, I, and that's one of the things that I love about his character. When you read, because some people are like, right, Brian, off they hate him because he comes off as everything goes his way. He's this perfect guy. Whatever. But he but made it that he, way because he, he had to shape, he had to like, shape it up that way. Yeah, he had like, to like pretend to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, even as because a grown person, he is trash. not, he, even as an adult, he is not okay. No. Okay, like his family is still shitting on him. Yeah, the man is not okay. No. Like, he is slowly getting better by the people in his life, predominantly one person, but... <laughs> That's not for real, because hell, even Debbie give him shit. Right, you know what I'm even sometimes she does, yeah. she puts him in that box right. sometimes, you know? And so he's slowly getting better, but yeah, the man is not okay, all right? No, he's not, but yeah, that just came to me earlier today. Yeah. Let's see what else we got going on. So Justin is over with with uh, Ethan during all of this stuff, and we see their relationship. And I think for a time, you kind of wanted to support it. And I mean, if it was because nothing I, because, on, because we love Justin so much, and we want you something good. For you him. want something good for Justin. And I was like, okay. Although I want you to be with Brian, I, I love the way y'all chemistry are. I mean, chemistry is, but at the same time, you you felt like you weren't being fulfilled. So if this boy is going to give it to you, right. I'm here if for it. If this is working for you right yeah. now, okay, cool. I'm going to rock with you, baby. That's how that's how loyal I am to you, yeah. um, JT. We were like, Daddy, we were going to give you our ugly cat bases. That and part, okay. And all. <laughs> yeah. So 
I was here for you. Like, whatever you want to do, baby, I'm rocking with you. But as soon as we had the opportunity for you to go back, you know where my heart was at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, so also, so that is going on. And then we've got, um, this is when Brian gets involved with Stockwell. And at this, you know, he is just kind of like career focused. This is going to be a way that I can come up in my career. This is when he meets him in the bathroom. And this is when you are definitely in your Girl, Brian Stockwell I was, just, I was thinking about it right now. I was just thinking about it right now. <laughs> I can see it in your yeah. eyes. Yeah, low-key. I'm still disappointed <laughs> that I never got what I wanted. It can still happen. We got two Stop leaving me on. I don't believe nothing you say anymore. Okay? You should not. I don't believe nothing you say anymore when it comes to this damn show. Because <laughs> you, you be giving me false hope. Okay? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I was like, I just knew Brian was going to get his ass, right? But Brian, Brian is 100 to me. I've never met someone. I, I'm sorry. I, never, I feel like I know you. I've never even met him, but I've never seen anyone be so 100. Like, I mean, open, transparent, real. Just kind of who he yeah, is. Yeah, like he shot the shit straight. Okay. It was no curve, no ducking, no weaving, no dodging. He hit Starkware with an uppercut and that got him through the door. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. But I think it's important to remember like where this happens because. Like we said, Ben and Michael have their stuff going on. They're dealing with right. the, the steroids. They're dealing with all that stuff. They've got their stuff going on. Lindsay is busy with Melanie because they're doing the new baby stuff. Justin's over here with Ethan. So Brian's kind of like on his own. Right. And so, of course, he's going to put his career first because that's all, what else that's he That's what he has. knows. Yeah. yeah, what else he had going on. And so it's like, okay, this is what I've, I've always pursued my own things because the only person that I feel like in life that I can kind of count on is to me. not hurt me is me and work right <laughs> yeah and so this is him reclaiming that identity you know it's brian stud of liberty avenue this brian who's an who's an awesome ad exec and so i feel like that's why that's part of the reason why it's like and also when people go into breakups and stuff you know you're kind of like or you're going through some type of traumatic hurt hurtful situation you drown yourself in whatever you feel comfortable in you know mm-hmm. whether that's food some people like you know eat through their sorrows some people you know do drugs some people go out and party with friends brian is great at what he does with work he loves money he loves the accolades and he loves um just being applauded for all the great work that he's doing so i can see why he would bury himself in work and why not reach for the stars and go for the gold you know right. he knows this man is poison but at the same time, he can wear gloves while dealing with boys. He doesn't care. Remember, here he's still very apolitical. He doesn't care what he is. He's just like, this could be a means to an end for me. Yep. This could be my ticket to get to the next level in my business and in my career. And that that's what he sees it as. And he those people that are usually the ones who speak that, um, who are usually kind of his conscience, they're not around him. Right. right, now, right. They're busy with their own stuff. And so, yeah, he's just kind of doing what he's known to do, which is to advance further in the life that he thinks he should pursue. So going on in the background so far, and this started in season two, of course, but it's going on in season three, is Ted and his very successful business. So yes. that's kind of going on in the background still with season three. And, uh, and he's living the life right now. Like, he I mean, really is. He's on top. I was, I'm so proud of Ted at this point. I mean, he got down like, okay, you're supposed to come at three. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, he's popping. Like, I mean, yeah. he knows exactly how to run this business. And he's happy. We have never seen Ted. Season one, you know, like Ted was the one who was literally like, you know, daydreaming about people keeping little files on Michael and shit. It was, you know, scary type shit. And then season two, you know, we see him coming into his own. Like, he's finally starting it up and coming yeah. into his own. By season three, this motherfucker is working yet, okay? Like, <laughs> it ain't no stopping him. Like, I right. mean, he's the mogul. He's on go. 
I'm like clapping. Like I was very, very impressed, and I was so happy. You know, I love Ted because yeah. I feel like he was an underdog. I love a good underdog story. I love a good underdog story. And um, the fact that he was winning, like I mean, I was like, damn, go ahead, Ted, go through, come through. Yeah. So, um, well, then Ted hits a snag because he gets raided, and then everything just goes bad. They he has fucking Stockwell. I know he gets a he gets these huge fines. He gets arrested. He has to go to jail. Like all this stuff, and so he was at the very, very, very top. And Ted's always had a little bit of a fragile exterior, and so he gets knocked off the top. And uh, girl, yeah. that was Humpty Dumpty. He had nobody <laughs> there to put his ass back together. Yeah. Okay, like well, I mean, he had that bike set that he was trying to use initially to put him back together. Girl, I said, <laughs> oh my God. When I saw him taking it, then I saw him drinking. I was like, I was looking like, and you wouldn't say anything. And I was looking like, I don't think that man's supposed to be taking alcohol with these pills and popping yeah. them like that. I was like, he became a drug addict. And then I said it once, you didn't say nothing. Then the next episode, I was like, girl, this boy's going to be hooked on these drugs. Like he, He's not using them yeah, the right way. Like, oh, no, no, no. Not true. <laughs> like, no, never, never. I'm like, man, he already popping with alcohol. Like, he's he using these for recreational uses now. Yeah, so it took a little while. But at first, it was like, okay, we understand. Things have just very suddenly gone very left for him. So we kind of understood. Yeah, I understood. But I never would have thought that, knowing Ted, he's such the overthinker. I would have mm-hmm. never thought that he would even be popping a pill to do anything, you know, yeah. let alone what we find out what he does later on, you know, but Lord have mercy. So we get some other stuff going on later in the, in the, like, let's say about midway through the, through the season. This is when Ethan is uh, giving Justin a little ring and where he's going to go, he's got to go off to do this concert because this is after, and we'll talk about this some more in a minute, but this is after he's going to go we go to that competition. Um, yeah, because Brian told him to follow his dreams or whatever. Right, case, you know right. what I'm saying? Which, you're so stupid. You take the debate. That <laughs> let, let, let Brian know right then and there, like, okay, if I want to man, I can get him because you're going to take the debate, bro. So, yeah, he goes off to the competition and, and he kills it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, but he doesn't win, but then, but he gets an agent that yeah. wants to pick him up, but he's like, you got to stay in the closet. I don't want to see your boyfriend, this sort of thing. But he gives Justin this, like, this ring, like, even when we're not together, we're together. Which I was, you know, I'm a sucker for love. So I was yeah. like, oh, because <laughs> you know, low key, I kind of was for what we call him, Ian. Ian, yeah. yeah I was kind of for Ian. Okay. Yeah. I think and, it was the romance of it all. Yeah. I mean, like, because we hadn't seen Justin get that. Right. You know? We've always seen Justin chase Brian, but it was a different, it was a different dynamic. And I don't look the way that Justin looked at Ethan. It's not the way that Justin looked at Brian. No. So I don't think Justin was in love with him. I think that he was like, okay, I think I can love this guy. You know, mm-hmm. like it wasn't like love at first sight. It was love at first sight with Brian, but not love at first sight with Ethan. But I was thinking he was like, okay, I can do this. Like we're not living large because the shanty, y'all know the, the shanty, shanty was a little mess. Y'all already know. <laughs> okay, y'all know. I guarantee y'all the shanty's had roaches. You know what I'm saying? They need to watch the whole shanty. For real. Okay. Like I, he's fine. We're going to have a picnic on the floor, baby. Uh-huh. I ain't nothing. I'm not even sitting on no, the floor. No, for real, boo. Like, uh-uh. I mean, y'all, I think y'all bed was made out of little crates. Yeah. <laughs> it was the crate bed. Yeah. The, yeah, bro. Okay, I, I know I'm all for a platform. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I'm all for a platform, baby, but not like that. Okay, like, come on, you don't go from the law. 
to the shanty, baby. I think that Justin was willing to, he was open to falling in love with Ethan. And so he was trying to walk down that road of falling in love. It wasn't this immediate thing like it was with Brian. Right. But it was, you know, it was almost like the romance was kind of these, like, this trail, this breadcrumb that he was following to ultimately fall in in love with Ethan. I don't think that he ever got there, is my opinion. Yeah, no, I don't think that he got there. But we had this conversation off camera. And I would would argue down, no, girl, he loved but looking back on it, no, uh-uh. yeah. he, he wasn't there yet. I think he appreciated a lot about a, a lot about Ethan because he, there were there were some intriguing things about him. He was charismatic and he was driven and was very talented and what. And he, he was thoughtful too because yeah. Ethan, what we know for a fact, Ethan worked all day for forty dollars on the block. Okay, <laughs> like on the corner playing that fiddle yeah. for forty dollars yeah, all he, day. He was at the of strawberries. Yeah, he would. You feel me? Like he would. He was spending all his little hard work money after the. This man had on homeless gloves. That's when the fingers is cut off the gloves. You know what I'm saying? He had the homeless gloves on, playing this fiddle on the corner. So, and then he would take all them coins. Yeah. Well, not even all. He would take those that little, few coins. Those few coins, and to give them and spend them on Justin. So. I think Justin could appreciate that. I think you know? so too, and it it felt. I think it felt in Justin's mind one that was the romantic side of, it, and that's something that he hadn't had before. But it also felt like maybe this is what it should be. Yeah, you know, for him because he had when you don't have it and it's something new to you, you're like, oh, this is what I've been missing out on. You know, True. You just think that even whether it's real or not. Um, and so I think that's some of what it was with with him and Ethan. And also, he needed to paint himself a picture that the grass is greener for him, because I mean, he literally stepped out. And left the love of his life, you right. know. So he needed that grass to be growing. Right. He needed like, all the fertilizer. I've definitely been in situations where, like that where I've left one thing, not necessarily a relationship, but I've left one thing and gone to something else. I'm like this has to work yeah. out because I've got to be able to justify why I chose this over right. the other thing. True. And so, some you turn a blind eye to a lot of red flags or a lot of things that are that are inadequate or just insufficient for your needs and your wants. And I think that's where where Justin was, but right. he really. But this is more, quote unquote, normal, where you're like, you're dating and we say, we, you know, we're doing this thing. We're, but you don't necessarily feel that like soul deep right. attachment and love right. from the beginning. And I think that's what it was with what it was with Ethan. But Ethan showed his tail. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> the first chance that he got. Uh, yeah, he proved that he was not the most faithful. I'm just like, bro. In that scene, he finished. He went around the room and smiled and shook some hands. And then within 10 minutes, you already leaving? Right. Bro, like, you're a straight hoe. And okay? when, when he tells Justin, well, you know, I just, I was, I missed you so much. Like, dude, it was one night. And you didn't have no damn quarter. I didn't think you didn't even call. Because I ain't going to say I cell phone because everybody didn't have cell phones. Well, you know, I don't know that Ian had a yeah. cell phone. So we're not going to say that, we're gonna say that everybody had a cell phone. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? You live on the crates. So we ain't gonna say you got step on, but you got a motherfucking quarter. You got 50 cents because it wasn't even a quarter back then, 50 cents. You had 50 cents for the damn payphone. Yeah. Hell, your agent had a cell phone. You could have called. You know what I'm saying? Like, can I use your phone? Let me call my Let me tell him my good news. You know, yeah. you didn't even tell him the good news. Right. You immediately left. You chopped it up with some dude who didn't look half as good as JT. And then you left and came home, wanted to lay up under me. Right. You lucky you didn't get hot grits thrown on you. Yes, I know I said we're gonna choose violence, but I'm choosing it. You're lucky you didn't get no hot grits. Well, you always yeah. violence. I just know it. Something. You know what I'm saying? Hot water poured on you when you're sleeping. Cut, cut, cut. If you know what I mean, you're lucky. 
Yeah, well, and then the guy shows up at the shanty. And then you have the nerve to get my address out? Yeah. Girl, that is ground. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch on it. Yeah. I'm not even going to touch know, on it. But yeah, so Justin finds that out. And then the relationship is over. And it's a sudden ending. And we talked about like other ways they could have ended that relationship. But I honestly, this will make sense for for me that it was um that it was this way because this whole relationship was built on these romantic gestures and just to see that is a very shaky unstable foundation for a true relationship now romance can happen in a relationship but that cannot be the foundation of it right because that's just gestures you know those are just words which can be very empty and so Justin saw that. And so to me, I honestly felt like it was appropriate for that to be the reason. True. I think it was it was very appropriate to go ahead and cut it off. But what I would have liked to see, though, was um, Ethan doing one last hurrah, like, hey, I fucked up. Let me get you back. Showing up somewhere at the job and playing the fiddle and Justin de- declining him or making Justin like, damn, should I go back or should I go back to Brian? You know, yeah. because just because you when you get caught cheating. You do everything in your power to prove, try to make this motherfucker believe that that wasn't you. This is the one-time thing. Like, it was a mistake. Right. When you know you're going to do it again. But cheaters go to yeah. that extent. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> right. They do. Like, they go to that extent to clear their, to clear they their name. they they were either justified in what they yeah. did. Or, yeah. So I wish we could have got him at least trying to get Justin back and Justin yeah. turning his ass down. Like, no, reading his ass for feel, reading him down like the library. You know what I'm saying? Reading his ass like the book. I mean, all of that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But we didn't get that. But it's all, but that would have yeah. been a good look. But I am glad that we had Ethan. I know some people might dismiss Ethan as a plot device, but I think he was a little bit more. We needed him. We did need him. One of the primary things, he showed us a different path for a college-age gay man. He was more into, like, traditional relationships. He wasn't at Babylon. He wasn't, you know, wanting to trick openly and that kind of thing. Now, he was tricking privately. <laughs> Which, to me, is worse. It is worse. Yeah, he was cheating privately. Yeah, so cheat. it that way. But he was just on a different path. And so I think it was kind of cool to see that. We also got to explore the um, the conversation of people who are truly gay or queer or lesbian or whatever and how they for their career's sake they have to hide in the closet yeah sacrifice yeah having to make that sacrifice and so i like that we got to explore that through through ethan as well especially when he had a partner who was very much out you know and they even lived together and so i really like that we got to explore that because the rest of the the rest of our gang they are kind of like they are with michael was in the closet at the big q but that was for his own Mm -hmm. issues his own internal reasons and issues it wasn't because he was going to be on this public scale. Right. And they required it. And we also got some growth um, from Justin because of that. I mean, the life that Justin was living, hanging around the gang, yeah. it wasn't realistic to a real 18, 19, 20-year-old mm-hmm. um, living in a beautiful loft, things like that, having um, all these adult friends um, that are already successful. It's not like the, it's not your typical normal life. So to see him have to be with Ethan, not have to be, but seeing him with Ethan and them struggling together and, you know, making life work. It gave us a different side of Justin. And then, like I touched on beforehand, if we didn't have Ethan, we would never saw the growth in Brian. We would never saw him hurt. Right. We would never saw him, you know what I'm saying, grieve um, the breakup. We would have still had the same one note of Brian. But when we when we introduced, when they introduced Ethan, it broke that up. And right. we got different levels to Brian. So, and uh, that's how I ended up gaining my love for him. So I think we needed Ethan for sure. Yeah, we definitely did. We definitely needed that that detour and we needed it, yeah, with this other character. And he also got to be a new person in Justin's life that Justin didn't have to perform around. Because you remember in season two, Justin was trying to pretend that everything was okay, that right. he was okay. 
he was the same, if not better than he was before the bashing. And that just wasn't true in some ways, physically and in some ways, psychologically, mm-hmm. he just wasn't in that same place. But, but here's Ethan, somebody totally knew he doesn't perform around that person. So I think it got to be in a little way. It was a bit of a relief for him, which might be another reason why he thought there was that relationship was more than what it really, really right. was. But yeah, like you said, it allowed him to explore and experience some other things, some other ways to kind of do gay life as a young man. Right. Do you think Justin regrets everything with Ethan? I don't think he regrets anything with Ethan at all. I don't think Justin lives in regrets at all. Things happen for a reason. I mean, you either soak and or you either soak or you move forward. And Justin is a person who's going to continue to fight, continue to move forward and continue to grow. So, no, I don't think he regrets any of that. Um, I think he probably feels it needed to happen um, because now he has a different Brian. They got to come back and they were able to set ground rules for the both of them um, and what they expect. And it gave him his voice. He was no longer looked at as the little kid that's following the group around. He's looking at his own individual grown man. So, right. Who yeah. has proven that he can go say by himself. And I think, mm-hmm. I don't think this was their intention, but I like that that Justin went and lived in the shanty because like that stuff, that material stuff doesn't matter to mm-hmm. him. Even though he grew up with that right. lifestyle, that stuff doesn't matter to him. And so I think that was really neat. Like, no, he's not a gold digger. That's right. not why he's nope. Brian at all. Um, and so that's not what he's going to be looking for if he goes back to Brian. Um, so I do like that. But yeah, I agree. I don't think he regrets anything with Ethan. I think he takes that whole experience and the lessons he learned from that. Yep. Uh, and there were some realizations that he came to as he's talking to Ethan. You can see him realizing, oh, what I thought I was lacking, having a person who truly loves me, who's honest with me, who values me and respects me. I, had I already had that. Mm-hmm. And so he comes to those realizations. And so I think he takes those lessons and those realizations and he moves on. And it's just like, okay, that happened. You know, if, if nothing else, I got this clarity from it. Yeah, he just didn't know how to, at that point, I just think he didn't know how to read Brian's love language. You right. Know? And he, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's not, he's 18, 19, yeah. 19. Mm-hmm. He's still trying to figure out what's important to him in a, from a relationship and from a partner. Right. Yeah. So. So after uh, this, we get to episode 308. And that is when, so let's talk about this other stuff first. So that is when we meet this young hustler and uh later we find out his name is hunter so we get this new character introduced and i ain't gonna lie when i first watched the the series now again i was binging so you can't take any of my opinions from when i first watched it seriously (laughs) but i was so annoyed by hunter when i first watched the episode i mean the series and like two years ago and this time when I watched it, I told myself, all right, you are going to make an effort and you are going to love Hunter. <laughs> so, but um, he did come in in a very gruff um, way. I will say that. Girl, I hated Hunter. Like, I mean, <laughs> and I, only, I only started liking Hunter at the end. You know what I'm saying? Like, literally. He is so disrespectful. And I understand you on the street, so you got to be tough. But you're not on the street no more. We're trying to help you. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, I'm out here every day searching for you. You got us looking. You got us searching. You got us begging you, begging you to stay. Right. And we're telling you we don't want we don't want the $100 deal. We don't want the $200 deal. <laughs> right. Okay? We don't want the $50 deal. Yeah, we don't, want the, we don't just, want the 25 just cents. Just stay here. Just stay here because you're young. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And all he did was give pushback, pushback, pushback. I'm at the point where... I don't like to keep motherfuckers who don't want to be kept. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't want to come, that's on you. Yeah. It's cold out here in Pittsburgh, okay? It's cold as hell out here on these corners. Matter of yeah. fact, it's, life is just cold in general, okay? True. So, if you want to be out here, 
then keep your ass on out here. They, I think they did too much. I would never beg yeah. you that much. <laughs> yeah. You, he did just you, didn't eat my child. Did you think that, that Hunter would come back when we saw him in that in that episode? Um in this uh, the very first episode. Yeah, we we meet him in 308. Did you did you think that he would come back? Um no, I didn't. Like I I thought there was like a one and done type deal, you know. I didn't think they were going to introduce him as a supporting cast at all. I thought, okay, we're gonna get the story here. I thought it was gonna have to do with something with Ben, you know, really quickly, and then that's gonna happen, and then we're gonna it's gonna lead us into a story about Ben, and then the next couple episodes is gonna be all Ben. But I didn't think that he was gonna be written to the script. But um, that was a good little shakeup throwing him into it the was. mix. And I'm glad they put him in there and they didn't like tell you, hey, you need to feel bad for him because this is a teenager and he's a hustler and you should feel bad for him. But I like how they let you kind of come to that on your own. And they made him a person who was so hard to love because that is the truth. I mean, I don't live in a big city, but when you live in a bigger city, how many people do you pass on the street that you don't care about? Yeah. And and you treat like, oh, get out of the way. Why are you right here? Unfortunately, that happens in the real world. And so they made Hunter this where you're not naturally drawn to love him and you're not naturally drawn to care about him and feel sorry for him uh, it's just once you see like oh this is a real person this is a human being this is a kid like then you start to kind of treat him like a human being yeah true so i i kind of like it they gave him that tough exterior because it made you question some things about yourself true I and mean, once i started break well i mean me personally um my background was i was telling somebody my story my background was a little rough for me coming out so I didn't have no sympathy for him. I still didn't have no sympathy. I know, as like, how are you a grown ass man don't have no sympathy for no kid? Because, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I didn't because when I was down and out, I allowed people to help me, Mm -hmm. you know? I I got kicked out from my mom's house as I ended up back in our hometown. You know what I'm saying? Like, not only did I get kicked out um, from my mom, she beat me, like physically fought me in front of all my friends. She tossed all of my belongings outside, like, and called me the most, horrible names in front of everyone there was no going back you know what i'm saying like there was no coming back from that or whatever the case you know although we're great now like y'all don't want y'all to be hating my mom because we're good now we're good now but you know even that is good and important to tell people because like things can be regained right yeah so yeah it it took a lot of work it took a lot of work for us to get where we are now but i mean we got there because i was gonna stand strong on my beliefs you know and I let her know then, like, I didn't mind getting a job, which I had to get a job. You know what I'm saying? I had the little people who were not my parents. My mom would always tell me, no one's going to treat you better than your mom does. Well, I, I, I'll go try that out because where I am right now, it's not where, it's not healthy for me. Yeah. And it's not conducive for what I need to be doing. You, you actually got me hiding who I am. Um, I had to get out there. So at this time, no, I didn't have any sympathy for Hunter um, just because he didn't allow anybody to help him. He was so hard hit. And again, I know coming from big city, you have to be tough. I know your type of job that you're working. So you have to be strong. You can't show any fear. You show fear, you get taken advantage of. It's very dangerous. You can be killed at any moment. I, I, I totally get that. But the guys, they don't look threatening at all. Not at all. I don't know anybody that's going to let a stranger come into their home and spend the night off the rip, especially knowing the type of job you do. Street workers always carry some type of weapon or something with them, you know? That could be very dangerous when you're sleeping in the night and you got people that you don't know staying with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so the fact that he was always an ass to them, no, it just made me dislike him even yeah. more. Like, yeah. For real, I, I just, yeah, but I think that hard exterior was very, it made sense for, for no, I'm not trying to say it didn't make sense. Yeah. It made sense, but I feel like he should have, 
You pick and choose. But but I but I think that they I think that the way this was written, they're okay with people being like, but still, he was annoying yeah. as heck. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Because that's where I stand. Yeah, no, <laughs> I think that they're yeah, okay, people having that conclusion. But um, so let's talk about a couple other things with 308 before we get to what I really want to talk about with 308. Um so Lindsay is working her new job at the gallery. She's back in the field. She was killing it. Yeah, because you remember that was some of her hesitance. Yeah. She was um, about having a new baby. Yeah. She was like, well, hey, I don't want to be. Now, first, she wanted to be a home raising ghost, but we ain't going to go there. Right. Uh, but then she didn't want to be a stay at home mom anymore. She wanted to get back out into the field. So now she's out working at this gallery. And yeah, she is killing it. Killing and when she pulls in uh, Emmett to help her do this party, and Emmett's killing it like mm-hmm. we knew he would. And so very proud of Lindsay for, for getting back out there and proud of Emmett. But then this is when Ted is kind of seeing now Emmett's the one thriving. When mm-hmm. he has been the one up to this point in the season in their relationship who has been on top. And now that the roles have reversed. Mm-hmm. And so whereas before Emmett was always coming to him for money and for support right. or guidance or whatever. Now Ted's the one in need. So, yeah. I think that those that was the start of Ted's downfall with the role reversal. It can be a huge ego hit to have your partner, you know, the one who normally isn't the breadwinner is now taking that position and you feel vulnerable, you know. So I think that that alone can drive you to drinking and drugs. Um because it just sparks some type of insecurity within yourself. Right. You know? He's already a very insecure yeah. person. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and it's hard to watch other people around you thrive when you are if you're not happy with yourself if you're in the not moment. happy with yourself in the moment and when you're not content with just being who you are mm-hmm. and trying your best you know putting one foot in front of the right. other every day it can be very hard to see other people doing well especially the ones where you always felt like well as long as i'm ahead of them <laughs> yeah. then i'm okay right. i'm pretty sure even though he loves him and i know he loves him it, but there was probably like the part of him uh-huh. that was like as long as I'm doing better than him, yeah, then I'm good. <laughs> you know, you know? Financially, or yeah. I'm good. But now you're getting you eating Emmett's dust, that you part. know, because Emmett uh, hit the ground running. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I do think that that was that definitely did not did not help the Ted situation. Well, let's give a big up to Emmett right quick though, because yeah. that man worked at many jobs. Okay, and they were not good jobs. Okay, <laughs> but and he did whatever he had to do. He bill. did what he had and to I do. Love and respect that about him because I stayed in a job that was I literally felt like that job was draining my soul, but it was like this is what I know how to do. They pay me well to do it, so I'm gonna keep doing it. But Emmett was like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, <laughs> all over the place. Uh, just you know to pay his bills, but not letting any of that become his life. You right. know? And so just now he's coming into this um, business that he's trying to launch that does give him joy and give him True. life. So I applaud, yeah, and ups to um, Lindsay as well for putting her boy on, you know, it was her who, you know, went in, fired a girl and hired um, and hired um, um, Emmett, you know, to to start hosting these parties. So which was nice for Lindsay, too, because Lindsay doesn't always have a backbone either. Right. And so it was nice to see her stand up and assert herself in this position like mm-hmm. no i was put in charge of this yep. i'm over this and this is what we're doing right and you're not going to be a part of it mm-hmm. so yeah i was very proud of Lindsay um for that but the other big thing in 308 is 
the incredible banter that we in this play that we get with Brian and Justin because this is the episode, of course, when they get back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was so ready for it. I'm so glad they didn't make us wait till episode 314 <laughs> because I would have literally fought everybody. Uh, <laughs> but this was so good and so perfect the way that they did it. And I like that it showed the play between them. I like that there was this tension in how Brian kind of made Justin work for it. Right. Like, okay, if you want this, you got to show me that you yep. that you're gonna that you want this and that you really want it and that you're gonna stay, you know? And I like that that Justin Justin knew had, to, yeah, knew how to play him, knew how to communicate. Yeah, yes. He knew exactly what mm-hmm. to say to him and how to say it. In yeah. a turn in the ways that Brian, you know, it would resonates. To, yeah, yeah, it resonates with Brian. Wouldn't, wouldn't make him shut down. Wouldn't make him kind of cower in fear. But you could tell they both wanted to have this conversation, but it still had to be had in this weird. It was way. a little delicate. You know? Yeah, but and so they, they had it. You know, they're talking about work. We really are talking about their relationship. But they both knew that they're on the same page. And so I, yeah, everything about their scenes in this episode, perfect. Perfectly acted, perfectly right. written, made perfect sense for these two characters. Just perfect. Yeah, I mean, and I just remember me screaming yeah. and jumping, <laughs> like hitting you, girl. Yeah. Oh my God. I get abusive when we watch. Yeah, he is so abusive. Yeah. But yeah, they, yeah, it was just perfect. I just remember you saying, oh my gosh, I did not realize how much I missed this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when we finally see them. Together, again. I know because the dynamic with Ethan and Justin just wasn't the same. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 it didn't hit. Right, it didn't hit like it does when you see Brian and Justin. Well, and it was just very clear that they how much they missed each other, and then they have this new understanding. And I think part of it is like I know you come to your own conclusions, and I've come to my own conclusions. And I think Brian has realized that he does have to compromise some and. That's what it's gonna take if you mm-hmm. want to keep Justin in your life, and he knows. Hey, I think I'd rather have Justin in my life than not in my life. True. Uh, and then it opened Justin's eyes to like, hey, he does show me what I need. I need to realize this is his love love language, and this is how he speaks to me, or this is how he shows that. Right. You know, and the, these are these are his boundaries, but also these are his limitations. And some of those limitations, yeah, he chooses them, but some of them he doesn't choose. Right. Them. He's just. He is who he is. And I mean, you have to, if you're going to love him, to love him is to accept him for everything. Right. You know? And so, to accept the things that he can and can't, can't do. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whether or not he's choosing not to, or he's just unable to, because right. I think for Brian, it is both. And so, yeah, they both came to that understanding. And so in a way that was very true for them and made much sense for them, they had that conversation by exchanging maybe 15 words. And mm-hmm. then they are back together. <laughs> yes, baby, we are back. Yes, and we needed it. We wanted it. We loved it. We yes, celebrated it. For real. <laughs> yeah. Uh so then we kind of move forward with some things. And th- we so Brian's still working with Sockwell. Things are still not going great with, with Ted. Uh we get a little bit with Melanie and Lindsay. Their storyline is kind of it kind of takes a back burner some this season. It's a big issue that they have going on with the whole pregnancy and trying to get pregnant to right. find a, a donor and all that stuff. But it, I will admit it does kind of take a little backseat in some episodes this season. But one of the things is Melanie, who we've always known as this career woman, is trying to juggle, okay, how am I going to balance that with being pregnant and contributing to my family in a different way than what I'm used to? Mm-hmm. Instead of just pumping in money, how am I going to pump in some like, support and quality time and some help with the mundane things um so 
Yeah. Uh, what else is going on? We had uh, Stockwell finding out that Brian is gay. Girl, is he I died. really shocked? I mean, I guess so. I mean, Brian doesn't exude gay. No. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So I would have been shocked, too. He probably was looking at Brian like good-looking, successful man. Probably got all the ladies. That's how, you know, those high-powered men be thinking. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, he probably got all the women. But Brian got all the men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but when he found out that Brian was gay, I just knew. I knew <laughs> that I was about to well, get what I, I want. I've been questioning. Yeah, like, well, you know, <laughs> you know, if you can do this one thing I'm for me. Yes. And I, 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 works. Ooh, I just why do I why do I still want that? Like I don't I st- know why you still want that. I still want yeah. it. <laughs> Lord have mercy. But I'm to that snitching ass cop that's running back to tell Stockwell, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. why are you even like boy, get your ass on? You know what I'm saying? Y'all hanging out, y'all hanging out in the gay area a little bit too much. Right. I feel like y'all may be liking it a little bit. Like, I feel like Pittsburgh is way bigger than just Liberty Avenue. That part, like, okay. Yeah. And Liberty Avenue don't even look huge. So, I mean, why does it take the whole damn force to be on that avenue? Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we move on a little bit more. And um, with Ted, things are not getting better. And, and um you know, at some point we see him where he goes on this weekend getaway. And it's like uh, Emmett, what they were supposed to go together, but Emmett can't go because he's got his invitation. He got for, booked. Yeah, he got booked for something. And Ted goes on his own. And that's where he meets Dr. Mark or Dr. Crystal. And were you, we might have talked about this. I don't remember. Were you shocked that Ted did go into that room and partake with those guys at that CD hotel? Uh, hell yeah. I yeah. was like. That did not read Ted at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. But, uh, well, yeah, I was surprised because when he met Mark um, at the getting the, the soda, the getting the Coke or whatever, he met Mark and Mark was trying to convince him to do all these different things. And then Ted declined him. I was like, okay, then, you know, Ted going to do the right thing. You know, good. But then as he was leaving, he went by the room and then the door was wide open. But what? who leaves the door wide open? I know. What kind of motel? <laughs> but anyway, but when he, when he finally did step in, it made sense. This man is always searching okay. to be on top. He's to searching be seen, to, be to be seen. Yeah. Love. He's so, yeah, very yeah. searching for that. Yeah. I was shocked that he went in there because that did not read Ted at all. Yeah. But I understood. It made sense. Now, if it was a one-time, one-and-done thing, I'm like, yeah. okay, go get your party in and come out. But, um, nah. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that, I wouldn't mind if he went in the room if he didn't do the drugs. See, you know I, I could have seen him... I would, not have been, yes, I would not have been surprised if he went in and stood in the corner and watched. Yes, you know, that sounds like it was very clear on his face that he wanted to participate. Yeah, but he couldn't. But he but, did yeah. Like, I would have totally been like, that's very Yeah, good. that's Ted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to see him go and participate, I'm like, that's not Ted. But I totally get that for Ted. Right. Like, know? I understand. If, if that's going to happen to some character, he is the one who is so low in his self-esteem already yeah and then you have then all this other happened. stuff yeah. going mm-hmm. on yeah because even with that you like we talked about how he was on top and he was wrote but that's just because everything around him was kind of popping right for him but none of that was fixing those internal things nope. in his head, you know even though having the love in it and having a successful business if you aren't doing the work on you you none of that's being improved. that shadow work is very yeah. important yeah Oh, speaking of, I ordered me a new, but we're going to, I'm going to show you some pages. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, I, I have to, I'm going to, I'm going to promote it on our thing. Well, not promote it, but I'm going to talk about it on our, another one of our episodes because I'm very excited about it. It's designed by this, um, 
a, a queer woman. And it's all about like being the best version of you that you can be. Oh, absolutely. And so I love doing that kind of stuff in right. like January or February. And so I'm so excited to work through it. Excellent. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. I can't wait. Yes. I should have it. I have ordered, oh my gosh, I have ordered so much stuff for myself. Well, girl, you ordered me, <laughs> y'all, she got me the best um, birthday gift ever. She got me an adult coloring book. I, you know, I've been moving, so I ain't better get into it, but yeah. I swear I would have something that, that colored <laughs> and, and framed and hanging up for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what is, um, and we kind of have to chop Ted's story up because I can't get just into Ted's story. We got to chop it up. Because, no, to be honest, I feel like Ted's story could have been the whole season three. It really could have like, been. I mean, because you could have spent it. Yeah, show. no, for real. Yeah. Where just him and Emmett over there, and then bringing Emmett back into the main. They show were time. so that, that that story arc was just so damn deep. I mean, it was, it was just and it's so relatable and real because yeah. I see it too often. I'm, I, you know, I don't do drugs, but I, I'm tapped into that scene because of my family and then where I work. So it was like it was like hitting home so closely. Um, but yeah, that could have been that could have been the whole storyline yeah. for season and, three. You know, just think about like the decision to to do that storyline and to put it out in the public and to have it go on for as long as it did, like, they truly had to believe this yeah. was a story worth telling. Yeah. And I think it was, as hard as it was to watch, like, it's so important to see how people get from A to B mm-hmm. sometimes, you know? And, and you wonder, and you we and everybody does it. We always ask, I wonder how could you get there? You yeah. don't have no family, da, da, da. No, you have people in your corner, but you either, you either cut, shut them out or you surround yourself with people who forces you to shut them out. Right. And that's what Ted was doing. Yeah, there are all sorts of paths from A to B. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, you know, that we got to see, that we got to see it. And it just, you know, the way that they handle drug use and drug abuse specifically on this show, I do feel like they do a good job with it. Because even though you're so frustrated with Ted, you still love Ted. Because love. you're like, this is Ted. Mm-hmm. Like, you love Ted. And I feel like for people who I've talked to who listen to us, who have had family members, who have been addicted to drugs and just from people in my own life, people in your life, you, this makes sense the way that they rolled this. Yeah. um, You see the slow slide into it to where he started with a lot of self-pity and then the back injury. And so the pain pills and then the, Mm -hmm. then the alcohol and then the, you know, then the heavy drinking and then, then the crystal came in. And so, Oh, it was such a necessary thing to show because again, they're telling truths, you know? Um, And but it was, yeah, but it was so hard. <laughs> yeah, it was extremely difficult. And they just played it so real. Mm-hmm. I mean, Scott did the damn thing. I mean. Oh, he was incredible. Incredible. Yeah. I, I don't, it's like, I was, I, it was like watching a demon split out of somebody because yeah. season one and two, then looking back on three at Scott playing Ted, I mean, his eyes look different. Yeah. Like, I mean. His whole body, like, yeah. he's so twitchy, how he's. Just everything about him. I mean, for real. Yeah. His facial expressions. He looked, I mean, he did the damn thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, spot on great acting yeah. from that man. Okay. I'm going to mail him an award right now for that performance. For real? <laughs> now, you did that. Oh, I incredible. so wish when we did our interview with him and back in season one. Was it season one? Yeah, we yeah. interviewed him season one. Oh, I wish he would have told me that Ted was going to go through some shit like this. Yeah. God. <laughs> Because I was like, oh, poor Ted, poor Ted. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Like, you could have given me the hands you know, up. See, I knew, but I couldn't say anything because I knew you didn't know. But, uh, okay, so in the background of some of this, we have had our uh, vigilante, Justin Taylor, JT from the Rage comic, <laughs> um, 
at work and it caused a little bit of tension between him and Brian and their relationship. But still, Justin was like, nope, this is what I'm doing because mm-hmm. this man needs to be stopped. He does not need to be win. He's not need to win. He's been, he's been infringing upon our rights. This is not a good person. We do not want him as the mayor of Pittsburgh. So we've seen Justin kind of out here doing this. And I really like seeing this because as, as Justin is growing and becoming, I mean, he's already a man, but you know what I mean? <laughs> kind of as Justin <laughs> is maturing. Uh, I really think it's important for him to be saying, okay, here are, my, here are my beliefs about my art. Here are my beliefs about relationships. Here are my beliefs about politics. And so I really like that we got to see him taking a stance on something like this. And it was true to Justin's character. Right. Justin's a standalone. He's going to do what he feels is right. Yeah. And also he's going to, he doesn't need any support from anyone. He's going to do it on his own. Yeah. I love that he didn't tell anybody. He wasn't looking for any, you know, pat on the back. He wasn't looking for any t- any of that. He was doing it out of true belief that he's doing something for the better good, you know, yeah. the greater good. Yeah. Um, it just so happened that, you know, Brian found out. Right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention at some point, Debbie and Carl broke up because um, Debbie starts to protest for, uh, you know, and against Stockwell and his force and his department uh, that caused some tension with their relationship I mean, and they break up. I just feel like, I feel like with that, I mean, Debbie put Carl in the hard spot. I mean, it's one thing that I love you, but don't bring drama to my job, you know? Right. Like, I can support you. I don't even have to like my, my boss, but I can't tell my boss I don't fuck with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. He did put him in a hard spot. You know, of course, Carl was wrong on a lot of things that he did, too, but I do think that t- Debbie did put him in a hard in a hard spot. And so... And Debbie, and also this man came from a background where he didn't even mess with the community like that, right. okay? He was a hard ass. The fact that she was breaking down his walls and he was he was actually coming he to the, the, the avenue yeah. and he was learning. I feel like you should have gave him some type of leeway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but she didn't. She pushed, pushed, pushed really hard. And I'm not trying to say that she was in the wrong because she was fighting for our rights. I get that. And he was fighting for the right thing to happen. I get that. But I don't know. You were just inconsiderate of, of him, I feel like. And and he really did like you. This man jumped through hoops. Several times he asked you out on dates and you said no. And then he finally, you finally agreed to become on the bowling team, you know? And then he was like, I want to see you separately. This man really put the effort to be near you and to be with you. And uh, and you always shut him down. And then this happened. And, and you finally get together. Then this happens. And then it just, I, don't, I like what it ended. I like yeah. I like Debbie with Carl. So. I do too, because I like that. I like what they were doing for each other, you know? Because mm-hmm. they, were, they were learning from each other. Um, but and let Vic tell if the sex was good. That's what Vic said. Well, like a hungry, hungry lizard. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I thought she loves me. Yeah. That's what Carl was. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I feel like where they are, in their, their priorities are different. And what's important to them, those things are different. And so they weren't in alignment with that. And so that's why they had, because Carl was like, hey, this is my job. This is what it's, what's important to me. And this, you know, you got to wonder how long has Carl been on his own? Or even if he's had little relationships here and there, you got to wonder how how much time has Carl really spent on his own? And so he's kind of going to be in, ingrained in his true. patterns and, you know, whatever. And then being an officer has to be an extremely, extremely tough job. It is. So, I mean, you don't you don't know all the things that he's seen and while he has a wall up. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, but also I will say, can I jump forward a little bit, though? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad right. Debbie did this, and I'm glad that it, it did kind of um, fizzled out. I just didn't like the way it fizzled out. But because at the, once we get deeper into the episodes, when Brian did all that work, right. and, Carl, and Carl and then, still, then, yeah. then show up, 
I was like, oh hell no. Nah. Like, okay, yeah. you wouldn't do you weren't here for the cause anyway. You just getting in Debbie's pants. Okay. <laughs> young Deborah's pants. Yeah, little young Deborah's pants. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, and I do agree with that. Like the more we got to see, it was like, okay, Carl, you weren't truly ready for this either. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I could I was I could fault Debbie for some of her right. her choices. Like then I get to see, okay, Carl, but this is what kind of man you still are. Yes, you were learning, yes, you made some progress, but dude. If you can't understand why this stuff is important, even if not for the the gay community, right? But just as a human, just as a human, and a police officer, yes, thank you. Then we got some, we got some issues. True. Yeah, talk about not being in alignment. And you know what? I'm pretty sure maybe that's why Debbie was pressing the issue pretty hard because we never got the pillow talk information. You know, we didn't. We don't know what conversations they were having. When after you know he was that thirsty lesbian, you know yeah, what I'm saying? You laid up. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. But you know, they could have had some type of conversation, whatever the case that happened. And then it led into those, you know, uncomfortable conversations. And Debbie gonna always show up for the uncomfortable conversation because one thing we can say about Debbie, she's always gonna be Deborah's gonna do what Deborah needs to do. Yeah. Okay. And Deborah's gonna say what Deborah wants to say. And um, so maybe she always pushed because she knew deep down inside exactly where Carl is and she needed right. to break down those walls, whether it's going to be the conventional way or unconventional. So right. she broke those walls. Yeah. Well, let's try it anyway. Yeah. So kind of while we're on that subject, I do like that we brought Dumpster Boy back from right. season two. I, I really, thought he was over. Yeah. And so I really love that that came back in in season three and that we ultimately get a little bit of resolution re- with that storyline. We get the resolution. Yeah. Like, we know who the killer <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah, we know who the killer was. Yeah. And it gets put, put out there for all the world to see. Um, so I really do like how they how they did that, um, how they continued that that storyline and how Brian was so set on pursuing that. Because remember, at first we were both like, why would Debbie go to Brian with this information? Why would she go to him like, hey, Hunter gave me this tip. I need you to go track it down. Right. But we kind of we talked about that a little bit and then. Just like, okay, well, Brian had reason to go do it. Brian has resources to do something about it at that time. Right, before, yeah. He had resources to do something about it. And so it made, it kind of made sense why she would go talk to him. I don't know what she thought he was going to do with that, but um, it does make sense, I guess, in a way, why she would go to him. And then that goes back to the change in growth in Brian. Um, from season one to two you to three. You think she would have gone to season one, Brian? Hell no, she would never. <laughs> she would have went right to Michael. You know what I'm saying? She probably would have dressed them all, but would have opened. Maybe you look Brian in the face. Yeah, you know. But the fact maybe that, Melanie, maybe she would have gone to Melanie. Yeah, no, it would it would have been Mel for sure. But the fact that um she went to Brian and Brian received the information, you know what I'm saying, and and put himself at risk, right? To to go and do this, like I mean, it just shows the growth again. I love season three, Brian. I don't know if I'm going to love season four or season five, Brian, but I can tell y'all now, as of right now, I am rocking heavy on the Kenny team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that he tells Justin what Debbie told him and Justin's like, all right, so let's go. Let's yeah. Get <laughs> and then you need that ride or die right there. Yeah. I love that Justin's always a ride or die and he's going to ride for what's right. Well, he does not question why did Debbie, like yeah. he doesn't question why did Debbie say, he's like, hey, we got some information. We got, there's some wrongs that we can write, yep. you know? And I love that he, that Justin doesn't even miss a beat. We're like, let's just go, let's go and do this. And at first, Brian's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not getting involved in that. But, but Justin knows better. And then also Brian. When did Justin hit Brian with that? Well, I'm just trying to be the best homosexual I, sh- I can be. A wise person told me to be the best homosexual I can be. He tells Brian his own words. Oh, I'm going to think about that. Now I know Brian tells Justin his own words later. Which were And we'll which talk one? to that when he okay. says, um, 
when you have to sacrifice. Uh, oh, yeah. Something yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But um, yeah, but I love seeing the two of them work together on this thing. But also for for Brian, I think that he he had gone so far in the wrong direction with Stockwell, even if he had his reasons and he felt like he had his boundaries and his, you know, I'm not getting involved. I'm only doing it for this reason. He realized. I had a really big hand in pushing this guy yeah. as far up the ladder as I did. Him. Yeah. Like, I mean, and so now I think he's going to work twice as hard in the other direction. Right. To correct it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's see. What are some other things going on? So things are still getting worse for Ted. Is when he, go- he goes to the white party a little bit later. Oh, Lord. In this season. And so like we said, if it was a one-off thing, we'd be like, okay, yeah, that was bad. But let's just not do that again. Let's move on. But this is continuing to go in that direction so and i was just so disappointed in him to to leave like that and then to leave and go to the party and not tell anybody but to steal from your friends like i mean that right there that's when i was like what is going on like that was my i i would have bet money on ted would have never done anything like that i I mean it was so many twists and turns in this season it was just ridiculous like i would have lost i would have been rock bottom on my ass if i would have bet money on any of these characters Mm -hmm. this year yeah, that's true. Yeah, you never. Yeah, wouldn't have want if you didn't have have any information about what happens in this season. Yeah, you don't want to bet it all on no. anything going one way or the other. Yeah. So let's see. Oh, so things kind of progress with the whole Stockwell arc, which is kind of the big umbrella over a lot of this season, and it costs Justin, you know, his school. It, it, he gets expelled from school. And ultimately, cost Brian his job with mm-hmm. Stockwell and with Gardner and his partnership um, there at Vanguard. And well, since he was a partner, you think he? When you're a partner, do you do you get any of the stocks or anything? Like, I mean, I mean, I know he was fired, but I mean, he was a partner. You yeah, know what I'm saying? like it's like it's you have to have like some type of separate out yeah. or. Yeah, like, yeah, I guess it depends on what your partnership agreement says because sometimes you'd have to be bought out or you would still be able to own your right. stuff. It could be there. there's some, like, morality clause or whatever. Like, if you bring shame on our... Co- but they didn't really publicize that Brian had done all this. Right. Thing, so... No one knew, so... Yeah, so I don't know how they would have handled that. It could be like, hey, we're not gonna... And Stockwell couldn't have done it, because how would he say... He would look like a fool saying that his, his team was sabotaging him from right, within. Yeah. He looks stupid. So, so maybe they would have fined Brian or tried to pursue some type of legal action against him that could have cost him his money. And so this was the compromise. Like, hey, right. you just leave and you forfeit your money or, or whatever. If assuming Brian did have to make investment into the company and not just, you know, his work is what qualified. Uh, but yeah. Hmm. They don't really give us that information. Right. So we got to make that up on our own. All right, for all you fan fiction writers, there y'all go. Yeah. We're giving y'all the ammunition, the ammunition loaded up. Yeah, and somebody writes some, nobody wants to, but if somebody chooses to write some fanfic with Stockwell and Brian. Y'all give me what I want. <laughs> give me what I want. I'm going to tell you what I want. Don't share with anybody else. None yes. of us want it. But yeah. <laughs> and y'all better make it juicy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want Stockwell to be the biggest bottom. Okay, like, I do you mean, want him to be a bossy bottom or a submissive bottom? I want him to be submissive because he's already bossy. Yeah. So I want him submissive. I want him to be total opposite <laughs> of what he really is. And Brian slapping his ass around. <laughs> All right. So then let's get into the finale, the last episode, a little bit. Cloud, have mercy. Yes, I loved, loved, loved this episode uh i guess let's deal with this part that i did not love first and that was the whole thing with 
head mm-hmm. when he hits absolute rock bottom. But at least when he hits rock bottom, instead of sinking further down or just laying there, he redirects himself to get some help. Girl, that was just so sad. I yeah. mean, we're not going to touch on how Ted hit rock, right. rock, rock bottom. I mean, that was just so sad. It, it really was. But I'm glad he had enough sense to go seek help and uh, and check himself in. So I, I'm I'm happy about that. Like, at least we know all isn't lost. Like, Ted was still somewhere inside of there, yeah. you know, in, the, in that fog, in that cloud. He was still in there somewhere. So I'm glad he's seeking help. But yeah, uh, what I, what another story that I loved in here uh, on the finale was how Michael and Ben stood up yeah. for um for, for Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. When awful Rita Montgomery showed up. Yeah, when Rita Mon- what, 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 wait, what's Hunter's real name? Charlie? Uh, uh, man, why did you ask me? Uh, uh, what did she say? His middle name is is Hunter, right? Yeah. Why did you ask me? I would have known it if you would have asked me. Said, oh, that's what he's going by now? Well, yeah, because uh, she was calling him Jimmy. James Hunter. Yeah, Jim, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Yeah. But yeah, um, oh, I did not like his mama at all. At first she came in, you're like, y'all, y'all are ain't you you are angels. And then once you you don't get your way, you show up in the middle of the night with the police officers and threaten to say that you guys have been that they were taking advantage of the child. Like, girl, we saved your boy. Okay. How about a thank you? How about okay, he's doing well here. Let me get reacclimated. Can I come visit? Okay, not I'm gonna take him away. Cause clearly, if he wanted to be with you, he would have been with you. He's been running. You know, like you're no better. Girl, you're you are the streets. Get the <laughs> hell up out of here, okay? Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah, I did not. There was nothing about her that I that I liked at all. And she does not make any efforts to make herself a redeemable person. So I have just decided that I do not like her and I would like to push her into the snow. That part. Um, and we know that, yes, they're not the biological parents. So, yes, they really don't have any rights. We know that the mom can come and get them. It's the way that she was doing it. She was trying to throw her weight around and she hasn't even been there for the boy. You don't know anything about him. He has a serious health condition going on right now. You don't know anything about it. You probably wouldn't be the right person to even help him through that situation. Right. He wouldn't even communicate with you in that situation. Okay. Um, yeah. You don't even know. You don't know what he had to do out here on the streets while you over here trying to play super mom. You've yeah. been gone for forever, girl. Pump your brakes. Except you do know what he has to do on the streets because you're the one. You're the one who put him in the put him in that life. Yeah, don't play dumb. Yeah, so yes, get out of here. Yeah, but I like you said, I did love seeing Ben and Michael as a unit stand up and say, "No, you're not taking him. You can go away." Mm -hmm. Uh, And then even Michael making a decision to say, "I'm going to protect him" because we saw Michael was awful to Hunter in the beginning, even though Hunter was annoying. And had that very hard shell that we didn't love. But they broke it down. Yeah, he still, you know, he deserved a level of respect and dignity when, you know, when, but Michael did not extend that. But yeah, they really did break through that wall between the two of them and break through Hunter's exterior. So I really liked to see that. And I felt like that was a realistic a realistic journey yeah you know, for the for for Michael and that's what I'm looking forward to seeing in season four too. Hopefully they continue this journey with Hunter. And because I would love to see his growth because I mean I think what he overheard them talking like I'm gonna give up, we're gonna give up on him, we're gonna give up on him. And he changed everything around. So I mean he, he's capable of, of changing, he's capable of loving and learning. He was doing it, it was an act, you mm-hmm. know, it was all an act. So I would love to see um what his story is gonna be moving forward. If he actually goes back with his mom, does he stay in contact with um, Ben and Michael? You know, uh, what happened? You know, we, it ended with Michael running away. Does Michael go to jail for kidnapping someone else's child? Whatever the case, like, I would love to see how that story plays out. Yeah. 
So speaking of story playing out, did you think that Stockwell was gonna win? Uh yeah. For some reason I right. I just felt like <laughs> I, I felt like he was gonna win. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I, I I wanna say if I go back and I'm honest with myself about when I first watched it, I did too, because that's what happened yeah, in the real they world. They always win. Yeah. The, the devil always come up. And right. Win. Because you know, if this person's got the power and the fame and the money yeah. and the pool, that's who wins. Doesn't matter if they're qualified or justified or yeah. whatever, that's who wins. So I yeah. just knew that he was gonna win. Mm-hmm. I didn't think nobody was gonna go out and really vote and and really make a difference. But um, Or even if they did, I thought like it wasn't gonna be enough. It wasn't gonna matter. Right. True. But so I love that they gave us this this victory. And maybe that's why they did it, because they were like, hey, we can't create this in the real world. We'll, we'll create it in this one, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm very glad that they had that they had Stockwell lose. All right. So since we just since we most recently finished covered 314, I won't talk a whole lot about that, but I got a couple other things I want us to do just to kind of round out this this little summary here. Okay. Uh, let's try it. First, I want to talk just briefly about the whole, well, I guess you can tell me, do you have some highlights from, from. I mean, no, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything that specifically, specifically just like just stood out because all of it stood out. Like, I mean, season three was a fucking banger. It was a hard hitter. It was almost like watching a movie. Yeah. It was Uh, like every episode was a highlight to me. 308 for sure. But uh, every episode was a highlight. Exactly. So I don't, I don't have anything like you say. Everything's a highlight. So there's not one thing that just stood out more yeah. than the other. Yeah. You know? I liked getting to see some interaction with Justin and Daphne in the early, mm-hmm. in the early, um, in the early episodes, and to see that she's still in his corner, but she's still going to be that voice of truth to him. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing how she's such an advocate for not just for Justin, but for his relationship with Brian, and for Justin being honest with himself. Right. Like, she's very much an advocate for that. Is there anything that you wish we would have seen more of or a storyline that you wish could still could have stretched out more or could still stretch out more? Yeah, before? I mean, I thought it was great that they finally introduced um, love to Uncle Vic. So I yes, wish we could have got a little more. Yeah, I wish we could have gotten a little more on his relationship. I mean, when they showed it, it was always happy and good. But I wish we could have, you know, got a little more dates. Um, something like that, maybe a, a fight or tip because I feel like Vic be getting the short end of the stick. Yeah. So um, something. Debbie talked bad to Vic this season. So I want to see him vent to his man or something. Yeah. You know, see them go through something. So that would have been great to see. You know. Yeah. Well, let's start there then. So I just kind of wrote down the some of the main members of the gang. And we can talk a little bit about some of their, their journeys. And so I did start with Vic. And that's kind of what I wrote down. Like, I love seeing Vic come back into the land of the living even yes. more. Because mm-hmm. he's got a relationship, like you said. And he's doing this business with, with Emmett. With Emmett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, because in season one, he was like, well, I should have been, I was supposed to be dead kind of by now. And I'm not. So now what the crap do I do? I racked up all this credit card debt. I can't work. I'm good. You know, he'd given yeah, up. He was just and then season, yeah, that was kind of all of season one. This season two was like, well, I'm still here. So let me maybe try to find something. Right. He had that little stint as the shorter. Yeah, record. no, baby. That wasn't a good <laughs> that look. That was not it for you. That was not a good that look. That was not your color, girl. But uh, yeah, so I really love seeing him in this um, in this season. Now, this show gives us a serious relationship and what that's like a mixed status when you one person's positive, one person's negative. We get that with Michael, mm-hmm. Michael and, and Ben. But then with Vic, they're both positive. Do you think Vic would have dated someone who's not positive? Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. To be honest, Vic is a very smart and, and very intelligent man. 
So I think, yes, if I think if the man was cool with Vic's status, Vic would have went with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Vic probably would have went with it because he's not close minded. I mean, he knows there's precautions that you need to take, you know, in a relationship. Um, he's a caring person. So, yeah, I think Vic would have chosen someone. He would have been with someone that's that was negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely think he would be open to it, but I think he wouldn't be apologetic about his status. No, he would just kind of open up front, like this is what my status is. Yeah, either and take it or leave it. Yeah, he'd give that person the choice, but I do think, like what you said, he would respect the person's right to choose whatever if they were gonna if they were game for that or if they weren't. But I also think that if that person did change their mind, that he would be a little bit he might be understanding of that because. Uncle Vic would have lived through the height of the fear and uncertainty surrounding Ooh. AIDS and HIV. True. And when people thought you could catch it from a sneeze yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he would know that there's still a lot of that. Definitely at that time, there's still a lot of that around. So I think he would have been understanding if the person was like, no, nah, I can't do that. Or if they started out saying yes, but then they were like, oh, I'm yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I do think he would be open to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about, about Debbie overall and Debbie's art this season. We already talked a little bit about the stuff with Carl. Um, how do you think she feels about getting some answers and a little bit of street justice for Jason Kemp? I mean, I know she's she's ecstatic. I mean, that's what her story that she was trying to get. That's how she met Carl, getting answers. She's the one who, how we even know his name. She's devoted her time to the community. Um, so finally, something is going her way. I was happy that she was getting the answers she was needing. I was happy they was able to confront Stockwell. You know, like it was all it was all coming together. I mean, Debbie is the biggest advocate for that that community. Yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, I'm I'm yeah. so happy they finally gave her a bone because she gets the short end of the stick too. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you know Debbie wanted his life to matter and even his death to matter in some ways, and so the way that this all plays out, Jason Kemp's definitely going to be remembered, you know, even if there's a little bit of scandal tied to it, but who's to say that that ad that Brian put together and had run doesn't get national attention and somebody from his, one of his friends or his family members, they see that and they get some type of weird closure from it. Yeah. So, um, and even just to know like, okay, in some way there was some kind of justice served Mm -hmm. for him. So yeah, I do think that she, she's happy about that and we we did get to see debbie pursue some other things aside from michael's love life or just right. <laughs> whatever she was kind of pursuing this but also encouraging people to go vote to get active to get involved to be to get educated so um but we need people like her in the community and we still need people like debbie in the community yeah people that are grounded and rooted that understand that not even that's not even a part of that lifestyle but wants yeah. equality and inclusion for everyone. And that's right. all she's fighting for. And who, and, and who, definitely not perfect, but she treats people as, as yes. it's human beings for mm-hmm. the most part. And so like, that's something in my life that's become very important to me, you know, just trying to be, I'm going to get a red wig and <laughs> <laughs> wear, wear inappropriate shirts. That and part. And chew some gum. Chew some gum, wear vests with a bunch of buttons on them. You yeah. got to start cussing them. I know. I, I know that's the only thing. <laughs> I've got to figure that part out. Yeah. I'll, I'll say about that. Okay. What about Michael? What are uh, some thoughts on his, from where we pick him up in season in episode one to where we end with him. I mean, episode one, I was annoyed with him. By the end of it, I was in love with him again. Uh, Michael just kept growing on me again. I was getting back to the season one, Michael, that I saw a lot of Michael in me when I was younger, you know? Uh, and then as we started watching the show consistently, I started disliking Michael. And then starting off on season three, the way it started off with him getting punched, he deserved all of that, so I thought. But as, as we progressed throughout the season, 
I started getting more love for him again. And I think with him lightening up, what t- the switch for me is when he went and found Hunter, when Hunter was with those boys um, out in the cold by the car or whatever. And he was telling Hunter, like, this is the key to the house. You will be there. Dinner starts at seven. You got to be here at midnight or we lock in the door. You know, like, I mean, yeah. be home before midnight um, type things. When I saw Michael make those efforts, I was like, okay, I can rock with this boy. You know, like, yeah. I-, I love him again. Um, so, yeah, I-, I-, I saw a lot of growth in him. Yeah. And um, it just made me want to, you know, rediscover exactly who he is again. Yeah, I think a lot, definitely season one and season two, Michael, even in the first part of season three, Michael can be very self-focused. Uh, and I think we talked about him being a navel gazer in a lot of ways in the early seasons. And I think throughout the season, we see him have to take him, his eyes off of himself. And first they go, go to Ben because of Ben's, you know, the steroid thing, but then they do go to Hunter. And so it's really good to see him take his eyes off of himself and not put them on, on Brian or on a comic book character, but to put them on another person who needs him to step up and have a backbone. True. Like you said. And I think the only reason why I didn't grow, I didn't say that the change for me was when Michael stepped up to Ben is because Michael will always do Ben is his lover. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like Michael, Ben, Michael will always fight for something like that. We saw him fight with um, Dr. Um, what was his name? David Cameron. Yeah. Dr. David. Yeah. So, we saw him fight for Dr. David and things like that. We, we know he'll fight for Brian. So he's going to fight for people he want to be with. With Hunter, this is just a kid off the street. No one that means anything. You don't want anything from him. But the fact that you allowed him to come in your home, the fact that you started treating him like a father, uh, like a son, and you was more like a father figure, I was like, okay, I can rock with that. Yeah. Well, what about Ben? I've always loved Ben. Um, again, I, I thought it was a little crazy with him being on the steroids because mm-hmm. I was like, who is this? You a lunatic boy, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, again, after learning that was um, something that was prescribed, that was a way that people who had the disease um, in those times um, could cope with it, or, or they thought it was going to make them better, make their body stronger and things of that nature. Then I, I understood and I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've always liked him. I thought he's always very level-headed in his thinking. Uh, I think that he's very caring. He's a super intelligent guy. Uh, I love that he's well-educated and that he teaches and educates others. Um, I love that he also had a fun side. You know, the yeah. fact that him and Brian actually had a whole hookup, rendezvous, many, 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 many moons away <laughs> ago. Uh, I, I just, I always, I've always liked him. Yeah. And I think it's important what you said. Like, Ben, remember when Michael first confronts him about the steroid use, Ben tells him, like, I did do my research. And that goes back to yeah. what, we, what we talked about, like, yeah, a lot of people were saying, hey, yeah, no, this is a good thing. You can try it if you're positive. Like, this will help you in these ways. So Ben did do his research. Yeah. So he didn't go into this blindly. Mm-hmm. You know, he, in his mind, he did make a, a logical and smart choice. Now, it went way sideways. Right, but, yeah. It yeah. Wasn't the way he thought it was going to yeah, play but out. Then we got to see him say, okay, yeah, I can't have these things in the ways that I thought I was going to have them, like fatherhood, because right. he went through that weird jealousy thing with, with Michael mm-hmm. having his baby with Melanie and Lindsay, and then losing his losing um his ex-partner and all that stuff, but seeing, okay, but here's how I can, here's another way for me to kind of fulfill some of those desires and wants that I had. And that's how, that's, and Hunter that, was, yeah, was and that. that. And Hunter, you know, showed up right on time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so what about Melanie? Um, in this season, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll rock heavy for Melanie, y'all. Y'all know I rock with Melanie because I always feel like she gets a short, short end of the stick when it comes to Brian and Lindsay. 
and everybody else. But um, <laughs> this season, I'm like, girl, you are a lawyer. You're supposed to communicate properly. You have not communicated with your wife at all, period. Um, you making all these big decisions without even including her, um, whether that was you having a surgery to get fixed. Anything could have happened. Um, you're telling people you're going to have a child without even talking to her about it. She's asking you to slow your workload down. You won't do it. You're jeopardizing your body and the baby. Um, like, girl, no. Melly was annoying this yeah. season. Yeah, I like Melly, but Melly was very, very prideful mm-hmm. at, at times throughout this this season. And I think, she, you know, she had to be humbled by a couple different things that were beyond her control because she's, she felt, I can do this. I, mean, I was like, girl, you burning the, you burning the food. Yes. And you didn't yeah, girl, it, you can't even cook. That. Yeah, I like, mean, Lindsay I, coached you on everything. You're juggling all these balls when all of them are on the floor. That part, and, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so she was very prideful, and and I think she got she was forced to see that in some ways uh, this season to make mm-hmm. some to make some self improvements. Uh, what about Lindsay? We talked a little bit about her. Very proud of her. I mean, she stepped up to the plate. She was the work. She's a mom for one because she still was doing everything for Gus. Because Lindsay said she could do this, but I mean, Melanie said she could do it, but she. Couldn't even make the pickup, drop off the, drop him off the school. Right. Couldn't even the pick him up on time. Day, the first day. <laughs> but she's running a whole job. It seemed like it's high end too. You know, her, she doesn't does expensive paintings. So that's high stress. I feel like the, mm-hmm. the more money you make, the more stress you, that comes along right. with it. So dealing with a stressful job, although it's something she loved, but it's still stressful. She has to perform. Um, running a household. You got a pregnant wife at the house. I'm very proud of her. I feel like it was growth. We didn't see her lean on Brian at all this season. So I was I was like, okay, I like this working, Lindsay. I can do yeah. I can do this. Uh, so what about Emmett? Same thing with Emmett. Um, very, 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 very proud of him. Proud of him and his relationship. That is the definition of a partner. He hit Ted's, you know, addiction, but also tried to protect him from the outside. As even the friend group. Reputation. Yeah, that's protect his um, reputation. So, yeah, big ups to Emmett. He's always been caring, but he really went the extra mile this time. I mean, as far as giving up his savings, $5,000, girl, that's no chump change, right. okay? To give up to somebody that you know you're never going to get that money back, right. you know? And and you worked hard for that. Uh, and it's not about the money. It's just about his integrity, you know, mm-hmm. the person that he is. I really want to call that growth because I always feel like that was always Emmett. But to see it in motion, yeah, I'm very yeah, proud. I feel like his was kind of weird because in some ways he was growing as Emmett, as an individual and as a businessman, but then he was being kind of pulled back by the stuff that's going right. on with, with Ted. So it's almost like part of Ted was doing it intentionally and part of it was unintentional, but he was kind of pulling Emmett back from the, all the progress that he could have had. True. Could have had um, this this season, but we did get to see some some growing with him. Now, Ted and his arc, I'm not sure how, how much of that was. Well, I will say this. At the end is when we see some growth with, with Ted. Yeah, I mean, I was blown away. I was yeah. blown away by Ted this season. Like, yeah. I'm in shock. Like, yeah. I, okay, I, We'll come back to that because yeah. I got one I think I'm going to have a soon. We'll talk a little bit more about, about okay. Ted there. Okay, what about Justin? I mean, Justin is always uh, amazing. As in, like, he amazes me every episode uh, with some the way that he just carries himself. Like, even when he was 17, about to turn 18, he was so mature. And he knew exactly what he wanted. He knew how to execute what he, you know, execute to get what he wanted. And, I mean, he still has the same fight in him now. So, I mean, the fact that he became the vigilante for the greater good, right. that, that was amazing to me. Like, I mean, I will forever have respect to Justin. I will forever love his character. 
and uh, I will forever love Randy Harrison. Um, yeah. Is it Harrison? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I always think I was getting, I was confused if it's Harris or Harrison, yeah. but I will forever love Randy Harrison just because um, of his acting ability. I truly believe there really is a Justin Taylor out there somewhere, yeah. like for real. But yeah, Justin is just amazing. He's yeah. a wonderful person. Great being. He's still got a lot of growing to do. Right, because, um, he's, because young, he's young. But he is growing. Yeah, but he's growing. Me. No, he's yeah. not. I feel like every season we're going to see Justin grow and grow and grow into this great man. And that's why we need to reboot with the original cast because right. I want to see <laughs> what happened with Justin now. You right. Know? Well, then I think you have to remember that growth is not necessarily in a straight line moving forward or moving upward even. Like it, it gets a little jagged. And yeah. <laughs> you know? But you learn from those hardships and those mistakes. Right. So whatever challenges he faces, he's going to take something positive or take those lessons and then implement them into him now. So that's right. growth because he knows not to go back down that path right. or which path to go on. And so even know? the things that are naive to, but that are naive about him because he's young, once he realizes, okay, this is the reality, then he kind of reframes himself. He's going to shift, make the shift. Yeah. And so I do think we see a lot of growth with him. I think he has grown consistently each season, but we do see a lot of growth with him in this season as well, from where he starts to where he was like, okay, no, this is what I want in a relationship. So I'm going to leave this person who's not giving me what I think I want. And I'm going to go be with someone who is giving it to me. I'm going to give that a chance to work. And then he, yeah, like with that, like he might overlook some things that he shouldn't overlook, but he's giving himself a shot to have what he feels like he deserves. I I don't think it, no one should stay in a situation that they don't feel is fulfilling for right. them or healthy for them. And so that's what, that's what he did. And so he gave himself a chance to say, even though I really, 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 really love Brian and really want to be with him and really wish he was the one giving me these things, he's not. And so I'm going to go find it with somebody else. But then he leaves that relationship and, and he does uh, go back, go back to Brian. And we talked about how that's not exactly rebounding, but even doing this thing where he is doing those, those posters and everything else that he does regarding this whole Stockwell thing. And at first he's like, I am going to do it by myself. Like, I don't care what Brian says, Brian, mm-hmm. you can tell me no all day. So you're blue in the face. Like, I'm going to do this because this is right. And I believe in this. And then seeing them do it together and seeing him encourage and motivate Brian to do it with him. And so we get to see Justin grow as an individual, but also we get to see him grow as half of that partnership. Absolutely. Too, you know? And so because Justin grows, he makes Brian grow as well. Yep. So then let's talk about Brian. What about Brian's growth? I mean, uh, this was just like a, the reconnection. I mean, yes, we got the reunion with them, but it was like a reunion for me as well. But like I said before, we got to see Brian hurt. We got to see him recover from that hurt, you know? Um, and then we got a different, we got to see Brian do good for the community. Yeah. I mean, like he literally sacrificed himself. This man also spent a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah, for, yeah. Yeah. For what, was it, 60 minutes or some shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Like 30 seconds. 30, yeah. 30 seconds. Whatever the case, we got a different Brian. So, I mean, that alone, just seeing Brian go out and to better the community, where Brian normally be like, it doesn't affect me. Why do I care? Um, to see him do things like that, that was his growth. But what I love most about it, though, was the breakup. I know that sounds crazy, but I love the breakup because in that breakup, we got to see him go through all those emotions. We got to realize that Brian is a human being. Brian does have feelings. Brian has red blood, just like the rest of us. Yeah. And um, to see him hurt and then recover and then gain his partner back. I mean, that was so true to life for me. And um, yeah, yeah, that's what I love the most about Brian's story. Seeing him actually show his emotions and not just, you know, hide them with, oh, I'm the shit. Oh, I'm Brian Kenny. Oh, I'm this. I'm that. I'm accomplishing this, 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 and that. No, you can be hurt too. I'm, I, I was sad that he was hurt. 
but to see that he was actually hurting, mm-hmm. it let me know that, okay, this man really is, really is a real man. Yeah. What I loved about Brian's growth arc in this is that he allowed himself to change. He allowed himself to change to become a better version of himself. To That's become what it was. A, Yeah, to become a better partner to Justin, to become a better member of the community, to become a better citizen of Pittsburgh. Absolutely. He allowed himself to, to change. And that is very important to, to his growth. And so the, I really loved seeing that ab- about him to where he was like, okay, I'm not going to stay. I'm not going to stay stagnant. I'm not going to say who I was because what is that getting me anyway? And mm-hmm. also like, for what reason? I think those things have, now it's not over, right? Nothing, you know, nothing's overnight, but I feel like that stuff has the stuff that he valued in season one and part of season two doesn't have as much value to him anymore. And so I really love that he allowed himself that he allowed himself to grow and to change. And I think he wouldn't have done that if he didn't have somebody in his life telling him, Brian, you can do this. You you could do this. You should do this. And not beating him over the head and making him feel bad for not doing it, but just calling out the things and Brian, like, no, but I know you want to do this. Mm-hmm. You've not done it before, but that doesn't mean you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Just because you've never done something before, that necessarily means you don't want to or that you can't, like, you've just never done it before. Right. But I think that you want to. And so having somebody in his corner who does call those things out of him, I think that is what helped him grow. True. All right. So I have one more little thing I want us to do. That'll be quick. You got, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about color and rainbows. And so throughout the series and definitely in this season and the last episode, for sure, there is a very clever use of colors. Like we talked about it a little bit here and there. And specifically, those colors associated with the rainbow and the pride flag, at least how it looks back in early 2000. Mm -hmm. It's got more colors now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we briefly talked about this uh, throughout, you know, when we were covering certain episodes, we always had the intention of of coming back to it. And so here we are. So we're going to talk through that very briefly. So I'm going to mention a character or characters and what colors seem to be associated with them. Now, these are just like how I see them. So so some of you guys out there, you might see different colors associated with them, and that's fine. I'm just going to talk about the ones that I saw. (laughs) And and then I'm going to give you a brief meaning of that or how that color is usually used, and you tell me if you think it fits. Okay. Okay. All right, so for Emmett, the color that they use definitely, so I'm mainly focusing on 314 is red. So in addition to violence and anger, red is also associated with love, passion, and importance. Yep. I think that fits him because he's very passionate and he loves heavy. He loves all. He loves his friend. We already know that if you mess with anybody in his friend group, he's coming for you. Yeah. Whether that's Vic, down the table. Blake, you break yeah, his face. That part. So uh, he's very passionate. He loves hard. I think that's a very, um, very good color for him. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of that is yeah. very fitting. Because uh, I do think I do think that even when he's on the dance floor in that last scene, I think he's expelling a little bit of anger. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, seriously. Uh, and, but that's OK. But we also see him love Ted very hard, mm-hmm. very passionately, like you said, throughout this season. But I also like to think that a part of Emmett is remembering what is important. Like lately, he's placed Emmett above everything. Emmett's reputation. I mean, sorry, Ted, he's, yeah, sorry, uh-huh. he's placed Ted's Ted's reputation and Ted's well-being above everything at his own expense, both literally and figuratively. Right. And so I think Emmett needs to remember that he is important to mm-hmm. to roll out some red carpet for himself. Absolutely. So, so I definitely think the color red fits for him. All right. So Michael and Ben are orange. We see a lot of orange around them. I know we've got an orange couch up there, 
their place and just, you know, other stuff that's orange. Um, orange is associated with changing seasons or just change in general or movement. Yeah. I, again, I think that's perfect with them too. Um, because I feel like in this season, we got a lot. Ben was supposed to go to Tibet. That didn't happen. Yeah. He had a lot of loss in his life and that transitioned his moods. We got a different Ben for a, quick, uh, a split second. Um, then um, we get a different Michael as well. You know, so I think the orange is, is fitting for them as well. Yeah, I think, you know, not only with all the change coming from the stuff with with uh, with Hunter, but keeping the whole season in mind, um, Michael had to make a deliberate choice to kind of step away from that stuff with, with Brian because he was he could have gone back into that. But mm-hmm. he had to make a decision to, to kind of come out of that and to prioritize his relationship with Ben. And then for Ben, after the steroid arc, he had to allow Michael to see some of those darker parts of him. And mm-hmm. he had to allow Michael into that and to allow, allow him to help him with that because Ben kind of presented himself, whether you did on purpose or not, as somebody who had it all together. Right. And, well, he does. He does not because yeah. who does? True. And so he had to be honest with Michael. And at first, I don't think he necessarily wanted. He kind of got caught and then mm-hmm. had no choice but to be. But that that was a a changing point in their relationship. And so I definitely think that there Juice was P. Yeah. <laughs> so there was definitely uh, definitely some change and forward mo- momentum with that. And then right. on top of it, we get Hunter, and that mm-hmm. changes their family. In, you know, into a whole a whole different thing. All right. So Melanie and Lindsay are yellow, and yellow is often associated with happiness. Hell no. <laughs> I mean, yes, they're happy. But 14, yes, okay. I mean, yes, they're happy. I mean, I'll give it to them. Yeah. I got some thoughts about them, too. We'll talk about them later. Though. Yeah, girl. I mean, I feel like we could have used a different color for them. You know, like, yeah. we could have used a different well, color. Well, at one point during the season, you joked that they were too happy. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you were like, they don't have a lot of stuff going on because they're too happy. Yeah, yeah, true. But I think, okay, they got the baby coming. Melanie makes it through her first trimester. And so Lindsay working yeah. and killing the game. And so because of that, I think right now is a happy moment. Yeah, it is. But if, when I'm thinking about them, I'm thinking about over the seasons. Right. I'm not thinking just season three. <laughs> I'm thinking one, two, and three. Right, like, <clears throat> and I'm thinking, y'all, y'all, y'all the rainbow. For real. Okay? Yeah, like rainbow. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. if we think it's season three, then yes, yellow is very fitting for them. Yeah. So Ted, uh, his color is green. Of course, we, we pointed that out many times. And green, so this is going to be kind of a two-part. Green can represent envy or jealousy. So start with that one. Girl, we already know. We already talked about it today. Yeah. Yes, he was a little envious. He was a little jealous of, of Emmett stepping up to the plate. Emmett, you know, like we said, we we kind of felt like Ted is the type of person of, oh, long as I'm doing better than that person over there, I'm good. Well, he hit rock bottom, you know, financially. So he wasn't doing better than anybody. Right. So I feel like the reason why he went down those rabbit holes is because he was insecure and he was jealous and envious. So, I mean, he went down those rabbit holes that led him to where he is now. Um, green is definitely fitting on the first part. Yeah, Second yeah. Second part. Yeah, um, well, I was coming on that first. So, I think, yeah, Ted has been envious of one person or one thing or another. Always, since the yeah. pilot episode. Mm-hmm. But in this season, it's a slightly different shade. And I think of jealousy, and I think because it's got that resentment attitude yeah. that you were talking about. He is, he does kind of resent Emmett and even resent some of the people, you know, some of the gang around him because they're thriving. Why am, why am I not? You know, I was the one who was on top before. 
Um, but yeah, so green can also represent renewal and new beginnings. Well, that's what we got a brand new tab. Okay, <laughs> like literally, like it was a new beginning as if we, I, in my wildest dream, would have never thought that he would have been on drugs. But then at the very end of this, um, we get the really renewed Ted. Like, I mean, he was humbled, literally teaching the class as fucking Blake. Okay. Yeah. Like, so that is like an opportunity, like it's a new lease on life. He's gonna, we're going to get a brand new Ted moving forward. So yeah, I think green is the perfect representation of Ted. Yeah. Yeah. I like how for a lot of, definitely for the back half of this, for the last couple episodes, maybe one or two, we had this like washed out or muted green. Mm-hmm. He looks over green. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was like a very dull green in the later parts of the season. But, and I think you can totally make that work with the first thing that we talked mm-hmm. about, the color green, but it also works with this. Yeah, uh, it, works, you know, it works really it works, well in the end. It works really well with this one because, you know, that last scene, one of the last scenes we get with him when he's very blurry and out of focus. Right. We see somebody walking down the hall and they're out of focus and then it comes into focus and it's his head and he says, I need, to ch- I need help. And so it kind of finally comes into view. And I think that makes sense because, First, it's this very muted, understated green, where it's just like a fledgling thing. Where it's very new. It's mm-hmm. in the early stages. It's not quite fully formed yet. And so where we get to in the end, it is, it's more like vibrant. Right, Because right. we are, like you said, getting a new, this is a new beginning, a chance at a new beginning mm-hmm. for um, for Ted. Or at least we have hope that, that this could be him turning a corner. So Brian and Justin are blue. Blue can represent calmness, peace, strength, reliability, and responsibility. Yep, yep. Um, I won't say calmness because I don't think when they're together, they're not calm. As in, the sex is just too fire <laughs> to be calm. Or too much attention is on them always to be calm. But um, what was it? Strength? For sure. There's reliability, responsibility. And reliability and responsibility. They, we already touched on just an individual about how responsible he is, how reliable he is already. We know the same thing about Brian. Brian is a ride or die. He's, if he fucks with you, he fucks with you. He's going to be there for the friends and family for sure. It may not be, he may not always say, say it in the right way, but you know he means well and you know he's always going to come through. Yeah. Um, they are extremely strong individuals, both of them together, mm-hmm. together and separate. Um, just, yeah, it's very, very fitting. Yeah, I know we went like for a little while we did the oranges and new blue with this couple, but I think it's totally appropriate that by the end of it, we see them drenched in blue again yeah. at the end of the season because they are this very unified, strong front uh, by the end there. And they had taken on this very huge responsibility with stock with the Stockwell stuff. And they kind of find this contentment in themselves. Like, mm-hmm. I know we, we talked about this in the episodes, like they can each say, I know that I no matter what the outcome is. I know I did everything I could to try to take him down. Mm -hmm. And they also come to, I think, this contentment with one another. And I think that is what gives them the calm and the peace. It's kind of where they are with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe not how, like, the chemistry between them, but just, like, where they are with each other. True. Um, And then Debbie is purple. Purple, of course, is often associated with royalty. (laughs) Debbie is royalty on Liberty Avenue. Everybody yeah. knows her. Yeah. And um, and to be honest, she should be treated like the queen she is because she really is the matriarch of the of exactly. the strip. So yeah. I mean, she really should be treated like a queen and royalty because she is mom, mother hand to all of them. She keeps them all straight. She don't give a damn if it's Michael or if it's um Ben, Ted, whoever. She's gonna lay into him if she needs to be. So I think purple is fitting to her as well. Um, because she is. She's a strong mother figure. She's the one who's going to call everyone out. She is the queen. Yeah, I like that last and when we get her sitting in her purple, her purple coat and she's waving yeah. her pride flag. Mm-hmm. You know, because she has been 
yeah, we needed every individual person to go out and vote, but she has been spearheading this for a long time. Uh-huh. And so she is that matriarch in, of Liberty Avenue. And so, yeah, I definitely think that yeah. the royalty fits, fits her. Go on, young Deborah. Yes, Queen Young Deborah. Yes, your royal highness. <laughs> yeah, well. Well, we don't want to say nothing about highness. <laughs> and this season, I know, uh uh-uh, uh, we ain't using that word. Uh-uh. But uh, all right, so yeah, an, an incredible season, incredible, incredible yeah. season. And there are probably more things that later we'll touch on that, that will come to mind. But it was just my head was spinning at the end of this, so I know that there's stuff that, yeah, we, and we just season, need, yeah, and we just need to drop it out. We just yeah. need to, you know, put it out and get it out there because we can only talk so much during one episode, but right. we were able to cover so much in this one, yeah, so. This was fun. Thank you. This was kind of spur of the moment. I was yes. like, hey, I think we're going to talk about some stuff, but I've written down like five questions. And I said, baby, let's just go with the flow. <laughs> let's just go with the flow because, yeah. I mean, it's been a while since we actually got to y'all anyway. So, and uh, I really wanted to recap this season, uh, season three. Yeah. So much has just happened in it. And all y'all got the upper hand and seen it multiple times. <laughs> and I had, so, um, yeah, it was great. Yeah, a couple things. Everybody, keep your spoilers at bay. Do not tell Ken anything about season four or season five. He is going to be trying to find stuff. Do not. <laughs> Y'all, she won't even let me Google. No, I don't okay. even, I hardly, I don't even really let him see our social media pages hardly because people might accidentally spill things on there. So be very careful what you post on there. Um, Yeah, what else can I say? Oh, despite all of the sirens that you guys heard in the background, no crimes were committed <laughs> during the recording of this podcast episode. <laughs> and I want to give a special shout out to Nicole. Um, Nicole, you always in my inbox shooting me different messages and I know we converse about the show and if i don't respond back to you immediately no hard feelings girl i have a million jobs that i'm running so just know that i love our communication so you don't have to stop that uh i just want to give a shout out to you because i know you listen to us faithfully we love you yeah i want to give a shout out to Lori, who i have forced to become my my real friend uh but we <laughs> met through through uh our queerest folk love um but uh, yeah, many, many more things to come. One of the cool things that we got to do while we were consuming our cocktails earlier today was just talk about some of the fun stuff that we're going to be working on, some of the real cool projects that, we, that we've that we got in the pipeline. So we're going to be, well, probably going to go to bed at some point. <laughs> but, but those other things are coming soon. And I'm really excited about them. So yes. we hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we did. And um, yeah, so that was season three in a nutshell and a little recap from us. And like always, until next time, guys, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.